Yeah, what's up? It's the Film Drunk Frogcast. I thought I'd switch it up a little bit this week. <laughs> what was that? Oh, dude, it's uh, it's the Baywatch theme. You can't be in a ba- bad mood when you're hearing the Baywatch theme, can you? I mean, I'm, I'm in a better mood now, but you're fucking up our brand. What happened to the new team assemble? Uh, we know our brand is... Uh, I mean, what what is our brand, really? That's a good point. <laughs> Um, with me, Brendan's stuck in traffic. In the meantime, we got LA Matt, aka Phone Matt, joining us by Skype. Driving in traffic, Matt. See, this is uh, what uh, you know. Fucking uh, commitment looks like. You know, Brendan's stuck in traffic. He's not even skyping in because he's a punk bitch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we got New Jersey's <laughs> finest sports writer, Mr. Dave Lozo. Hey guys, it's good to be back. I'm I'm really pumped. I gotta tell you, you're right. That song comes on, and like I just start snapping my fingers and like tapping my foot. It's really good stuff. In all honesty, yeah. I really think it's probably like the greatest show intro that's ever been. Mm, growing pains, number one. Um, young Pope. Uh, young Pope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, che- Cheers is up there. Young Pope is good, but uh, I have to say, I mean, show me that smile again. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a don't waste another minute of you crying. Did he, did Alan Thick die? <laughs> <laughs> this did would, I make that up? This would be oh, a hell no. of a way to find out. I have bad news, guys. He, he's he's been dead for like at least a year. Oh, okay. All right. No, that's good news. It was either that or I invented that he died, and that's weird to have invented a death. Did, did he so live? That's good. Did he live to see his sons fall from grace? Yeah, I think he died. I mean, if he died last year, yeah, he, he, he saw the whole thing. Oh, poor guy. I guess. Uh, well. Maybe it was longer. Alan Thick death. <laughs> Search it. Alan Thick died. Oh, it was two years ago. It was, or, no, December 2016, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was right. about a year ago. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Alan Thick. Um, R.I.P. Alan Thick. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We, we, I brought you guys on to talk uh, Cloverfield, the Cloverfield Paradox. We'll wait for Brendan for that. Uh, in the yep. meantime, I did get a short, I did find a short clip uh, from the Libertarian uh, presidential debate. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but... No. Oh, here we go. Here, here we go. I'm very excited. Have to have a government issued license. Should someone have to have a government issued license to drive a car? Hell no. What's next? Requiring a license to make toast in your own damn toaster? <laughs> the license to drive? You know, I'd like to see some competency exhibited by people before they drive. <laughs> The the adult in the room was Gary Johnson, by the way. That was was, oh, that's great. Adds another level to it. That's so funny. They're like, where in the Constitution does it say you need a license to drive a motor vehicle, which has not been invented yet? Our founding fathers would not. I mean, did you have to have a license to ride a horse? Oh, yeah. you'll need a license to own a slave. 
It's, these guys are like, I love how ridiculous they are. Oh, and they're all like, uh, what do you call it? They're like, they all believe they're sovereign. What is it called? Like a sovereign citizen, a free man on the land. <laughs> Laws don't apply to me. The Magna Carta specifically states. <laughs> I love them all. They're good people. Um, the fact that a room full of people boo, like it's not just like the one guy. There's like thousands of people that are like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I do agree. <laughs> um, I do wish, I do wish that the Quincy Jones interview that was going around, I wish that had been like video or audio and not just text. Because I mean, it's probably like the most viral Q and A interview that I've seen in a long time for good reason. You know. I, I, you know, I completely did not read it. I had a thousand chances to. Uh, it seemed like it was dope. Maybe you could tell me what it's about. Yeah. All right. So here's, I'll, I'll read like the money chunk of it. Even though there's a lot of money chunks of it, he talks shit on the Beatles and lots of oh. good stuff. But here, I'll just start with this a little, give it a little context. Uh, interviewer, you're talking about business, not music. But, and I mean this respectfully. Don't some of your thoughts about music fall into the category of back in my day? Uh, and then uh, Quincy Jones. Musical principles exist, man. Musicians today can't go all the way with the music because they haven't done their homework with the left brain. Music is emotion and science. You don't have to practice emotion because that comes naturally. Technique is different. If you can't get your finger between three and four and seven and eight on a piano, you can't play. You can only get so far without technique. People limit themselves musically, man. Do these musicians know tango, macumba, yoruba music, samba, bossa nova, salsa, cha-cha? Interviewer, maybe not the cha-cha. Marlon Brando used to go cha-cha dancing with us. He could dance his ass off. He was the most charming motherfucker you ever met. He'd fuck anything. Anything. He'd fuck a mailbox. James Baldwin, Richard Pryor, Marvin Gaye? (laughs) Interviewer, he slept with them? How do you know that? frowns come on man he did not give a fuck you like brazilian music (laughs) (laughs) this is amazing uh and then a couple people like like what like a couple listeners emailed me and and they're like oh it sounds like he's saying that uh that marlon brando fucked richard pryor and right. I was like, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what he what he said. And then, and then, um, Richard Pryor's then, widow came out and, uh, and confirmed it. Yeah, and confirmed it. Uh, Jennifer tells TMZ Richard would have no shame about Quincy's comments. She says the comedic legend was always very open about his bisexuality with friends and documented it extensively in diaries. Jennifer says she'll publish them later this year. As for Richard hooking up with Brando, she says, It was the 70s. Drugs were still good, especially quaaludes. If you did enough cocaine, you'd fuck a radiator and send it flowers in the morning. (laughs) What the fuck, dude? Oh, man, we live in the wrong decade. Seriously. I mean, like you could fuck mailboxes, you could fuck dudes, you could fuck a radiator. I had no no idea that the question started off with like, what kind of music do you like? And it ends with Marlon Brando fuck Richard Pryor. Like, what? Like, can you imagine that? Like, you're out on a first date with somebody, and you're like, "So, where'd you go to school?" And it ends with, "And that's why I think the moon landing was fake." <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, the the the, huh? the non sequitur of do you like Brazilian music at the end of like a ridiculous beautiful. statement? Beautiful. That's become like the. It feels a lot like uh, you ever seen a grown man naked boy from Airplane? Where? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey, you like Brazilian music? Yeah. Anyways, I love that so much. He talks about all the all the different people Brando fucked, 
all the different dudes. And he's like, anyways, you like Brazilian music? I mean, you know, maybe there was, what was the answer to the Brazilian question? <laughs> oh, well, he had an answer for it. The answer, <laughs> the answer was, yeah, but I don't know much beyond George Ben and Gilberto Gil. Yeah. I don't know who those Jao, people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gilberto, Gilberto Gil and Caetano Veloso are the kings. You know, I visit the favelas every year. Those motherfuckers have a hard life. They're tough, though. You think our shit in America is bad? It's worse there. That, See, yeah. that, last part, that last part sounds like a Trump quote. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Sad. P- tremendous. See, like, I'm, more cur- I'm more curious tremendous. about. I'm, like, I, I know my brain is broken because he, he tells that story and he's like, "Yeah, Marvin Gaye, Richard Pryor." My brain is so. I don't want to hear about all the celebrities. In fact, I want to know what inanimate objects like he fucked. Like, yeah. What was he, like, yeah, yeah. Like, was he banging toasters, suitcases? Like, like, give me the list. I want to like, like, know like how high he was. Sounded like mailbox and radiator were high on the list there. Uh, it's like a mailbox, though. Come on. Come on. <laughs> well, if it's the slot one, you could do it pretty easy. Yeah, I just want to know <laughs> oh, about. Oh yeah. I, I just yeah, feel like that's a slot. particular window into the psyche of people of what inanimate object they pick to illustrate someone fucking anything. Like, yeah, oh, he'd that's fuck, a good point. He'd fuck anything. He'd fuck a a mailbox or a paper shredder. Yeah. He'd fuck. He'd fuck a lawnmower, garbage disposal. Yeah. It's like a ham and cheese croissant sandwich. Yeah. And you're just like, mm, okay. I put that on, on Twitter that we we're going to discuss different inanimate objects that we believe Marlon Brando uh, has fucked. And like the first oh, response was, oh, yeah. he definitely fucked a sandwich. Yeah. No, oh, for dude, sure. I've, uh, dude, so I fucked a big mouth Billy Bass when I was young. We all know this story. Um, I, I fucked a banana peel. Uh, I, I fucked the, the bulb. Just the bulb of a turkey baster. Okay. Uh, you know. <laughs> Wait, how do you do uh, that? Well, because yeah, well, I knew it was like, you know, it's the bulb part. So I was like, I put my dick in it and just like, you know, uh, sure. and, uh, not the not the syringe part. I like you gave your syringe, dick a, but... like a little hat, like a little yarmulke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a yarmulke for your cock. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, what else? Uh, oh, a tub of userin, you know, the really hard... <laughs> One, you just kind of press your dick into Wait, it. A tub. I mean, we've all. Yeah, a, a tub. Okay, so like you open the lid and then you just fuck the lotion part, and then you just fuck the lotion because the oh, lotion okay. is really thick. You know, it's that thick user. Right, right. You know that makes more sense than all the other ones. I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying well, to figure yeah. out the turkey baster one. How does the turkey baster one? Work? Okay, like, so it, it's attached. Know, no, yeah, you take the you take the the tube or off of it, and then just the bulb, the squeezy part. You know, every oh, turkey baster comes off. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you gotta wash oh. it. Yeah, it comes off. <laughs> it comes off, and then you fuck it. And then when you're done fucking it, you keep the cum in there, and then you put the uh, the tube back in, and then you can make someone pregnant. Sure. Yeah. Or, or just ruin Thanksgiving. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Either one. You can ice a cake. <laughs> either one. You know. Um. <laughs> In other Fucking inanimate objects is my is totally my jam. Like uh, you know, so I, I kind of respect the fact that in the seventies everyone was about it. Did you? Was it you who fucked the couch, or was that just Joe? Uh, I never fucked a couch. I mean, I probably fucked a couch. If I'm being real <laughs> with you, I probably fucked a couch. Everyone's yeah. fucked the couch, right? Come yeah, on, that's, yeah. That's... You're sleeping on a couch, and then all of a sudden your dick slides in between two cushions, and you're like, well. 
I'm not gonna not. I'm not gonna not come. I mean, if your if your definition of fucked is just rubbed your boner on while trying to watch scrambled porno, then no, yeah, it's it's different. And when you're between two, we're talking fucking fucking anything means uh, creating some sort of hole or creating some some like having your dick sandwiched. That's uh-huh. fucking it. Okay. If you're just rubbing, like I've never fucked a pillow. I've rubbed my cock on a pillow till I came. That's different. <laughs> Did you just morph into Jerry Lewis for a second there? <laughs> Is that what it sounded like? Yeah, a, l- uh, a little bit. That's just a bad connection, a bad Skype connection. That wasn't. That's not what I sound like. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh God! I fucked a couch pillow. <laughs> Is that what it sounded like? I said. Yeah, a little bit. Um, right. And other people screwing weird things news. Uh, I don't know if did you guys read the <laughs> the Charlie Sheen Lenny Dykstra article. No, 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 I heard about it though. So Charlie Sheen and Lenny Dykstra were friends, which you know makes a lot of sense. Oh wait, who's Lenny Dykstra? I don't know Lenny Dykstra. Let me. I'll let the sports writer handle this one. Uh, Lenny Lenny Dykstra was um, a really good baseball player in like 1986. Who now mm. currently he, he's he's got some sort of like financial thing, right? Wasn't he like a stockbroker or something? And he, he like lost all of his money. Yeah, in like so, the, uh, in the free credit era, like he thought he was a genius and had made like fifty or sixty million dollars, like picking stocks, and then the market yeah. tanked and he lost it all. And then he went to uh, jail and he got like. A, the the beginning of the article it just it's like a, a an aside about how he speaks with a lisp because he got his teeth knocked out in a prison fight. So, yeah, things have been Damn. rough. He's had a rough life it sounds like. Yeah, he went to jail for some financial thing, I think, and uh he had a Twitter feud with uh Lena Dunham at some point. I mean, who hasn't? But I mean, yeah, really. Come on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess we've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> but so he was—he uh, was friends with Charlie Sheen, and you know now he's out of jail and just dishing dirt because I guess they had a falling out. And uh, about Charlie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what 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 more dirt is left for Charlie? So Charlie Sheen's uh, one of his assistants had died in an overdose, uh, like oh. a, a drug overdose, and so um, Dykes, Dykstra claims that Charlie Sheen had him killed with like a hot shot. What? Yeah, to, <laughs> to, to shut wow. him, to shut him up. Um, uh, after he got out of jail, says Dykstra, he asked Sheen, "What the fuck happened to Calamaro?" who had overdosed while Dykstra was in prison. He said, you mean dead Rick? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. uh, Come on. He said, what? he said, you mean dead Rick? What fucking happened is the motherfucker tried to blackmail me just like you said. Wanted $5 million. I had him fucking iced. He said he had put Just- a hot dose in there. Damn. All right. So first of all, first of all, you can't. You can't give yourself. You can't give someone a nickname posthumously. That's lazy, dead Rick. Anyone can be dead, <laughs> yeah. whoever. That's oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Squeezebox, Larry, uh, Steve, <laughs> Black Steve, uh, dead well, what Rick. If he was, I'm sorry. What when if did he, he was pass? Dead, oh Rick. no, he's still here. <laughs> oh, Brendan's here. Oh hi, Brendan. Hello. Hey, I'm hey, sorry. Brent. It took me an hour to get here. That's crazy, dude. I'm crazy. Um, yeah, actually I do. I'm glad I walked in when I did. Cause I love this story. Like I didn't even know they were friends. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Lenny Dykstra and Charlie Sheen. And like, now that I know that they were friends at one point, like it just opens up a whole interesting 
fantasy world to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of my, my a, fanfic. The fanfic part of my brain is going into overdrive. I mean, I don't even think you need fanfic. There's Dexter's going to write a tell-all book in a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know it. Mm-hmm. Um, Noted, yeah, trustworthy I, 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 person, Money Dexter. I, I, I totally believe that Charlie Sheen murdered his dude. Sure, sure, sure. Was it, it, I mean, that's that sounds legit. Was it with torpedoes of truth or uh, or whatever the fuck? Mind bullets, tiger blood, dude. Tiger blood, yeah. Um, so the other like the other thing about the story is there's a lot of talk about Charlie Sheen having lots of gay sex and and loving uh, trans transsexual porn. Well, everyone loves that. I think like when you get when you have enough sex, you eventually just get into uh, transgender porn. That's just like that's like the 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 logical next step. Listen, I think I think I think if you even if you don't, you know, it's uh, everyone. Well, you know what? I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We're all we're all you know. There's nothing wrong with uh, you, know, you. Never mind. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Hello? I mean, I just, I, it's hard to know whether that's true or that's just like what uh, Lenny Dykstra would naturally blame the HIV on. Or it's like, oh, yeah, sure. it, was, it wasn't like the millions of prostitutes that he was having sex with. It had to right, be a gay right, thing. Right. What are you doing, Matt? Yeah. Are you like leaving your car somewhere? Yeah, no, I'm just, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm on the phone, you guys. <laughs> just letting you know. Okay, I'm going to go with my, all right. Is that your parents? Why don't, you, why don't you shut up, dude? Just <laughs> shut up about where I am and just l- let me live my life. Let me let him live his truth, man. Let me live my truth. All right. Well, now that Brendan's in my room. <laughs> Wait, I've got a Lenny Dykstra question. Oh, it, please. How did this? How did this story even like 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 the the, the the Quincy Jones thing? Somebody was like, "Hey, what music do you like?" And it ended up being Marlon Brando was, was fucking everything. How, like who asked Lenny Dykstra what? Like how did this even become a thing? Who's interviewing Lenny Dykstra? Uh, well, it was the Hollywood Reporter, and they interviewed him. What is Matt doing? Are you cooking heroin? <laughs> I'm not cooking. Just let me live my dream. Okay. Okay. No, no, I'm fine. Everything's good. I'm just. I. I the I'm, Cheetos. Uh, no. Okay. So I I I bought uh, a tostada from Paquito Moss, <laughs> and I'm gonna eat it. Okay. Wait, I haven't eaten all day. Wait, the in the opening paragraph it says he's a silver-haired gigolo to Beverly Hills grandmothers. Yep, yep. Wow. He'll open up about how in his mid fifties he's developed a post-prison side gig as a silver-haired gigolo to Beverly Hills grandmothers. Jesus Christ, that's his life. I mean, like, how hard up are you that you're like, yeah, I would love to pay to fuck a toothless Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's a a fantasy is a fantasy whether or not you know the reality looks like the fantasy. I mean, I could see Charlie Sheen, a guy like Charlie Sheen, doing it, who's like his sensors are so blown out that he needs the kind of novelty that like a silver-haired Ponchi X athlete would provide. But uh-huh. uh, but I feel like Beverly Hills grandmother, who's got money, they could just pay like you know some uh, young hot waiter. boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but where are you gonna find a waiter? You know, where you gotta find a waiter when you already know Lenny Dykstra's doing it. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Um, 
Yeah. It doesn't say how they got... Starter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got that. Got that. He told us it's from Poquito Moss. Mm-hmm. It's from Poquito Moss. That means okay, a, so, a little, little bit more. Yeah, but that's the thing is you actually get a lot more. Um, <laughs> at least, at least for your money. In your I mean, experience. Wait, sure. is it? Is this you guys? Is this you guys doing an ad read right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yeah. We no, get, but we're very professional. We, were, we slip them in there very subtly. No, it yeah. was great. Look, well, it's silver really hair gigolo. Paid by. I would love to to be sponsored by Paquito Moss. They're a great company and they make a wonderful product. Sure, sure. Uh, also, mail. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't buy anything else there. I mean, the you get you get the tostada because it's the most food for the cheapest amount of money, and like so they got the salsa bar too. Mm-hmm. So you just pour as much salsa into the uh, into the bowl that you want. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> I was talking about MailChimp. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, MailChimp no. is the only subscription service no, that sends do. mail to your house mail, once per week. MailChimp? Oh, That's what you're supposed oh, to say. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, but now that we got Brendan here, ex football player and uh, and a sports writer, I figure we got to talk about uh, the Eagles um, and specifically. Uh, this video. Uh, there is hope in this world. So this is what's uh, happening. You can't see it, but I think you can. I think you can picture it based on the audio. There's a there's an Eagles fan, and uh, and they're cheering him on to eat some horse poop. <laughs> Cunningham jersey. <laughs> yeah, he's got a scarf that he had to tie back, uh, a beanie, and a Randall Cunningham jersey. <laughs> is that the sound of is that the sound of him eating it? That's the, that's what it sounds like when someone uh, when someone eats horse poop. Damn, he doesn't dude. really eat it though. He's not really eating. It. No, he puts it in his mouth. Yeah, but does he swallow? Yeah, does he swallow it? I think the 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 oh, he's got Zubaz Zubas Zubaz <laughs> Zubaz. Oh, pants. Yeah, yeah. See, I think the salient point is whether it goes in his mouth or not, because I don't really care whether he chokes it down. The fact that he had to taste it, I think, is the most important part. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, you're right. I wouldn't do either, but uh, you know, one is eating and one is tasting. Can you guys do a Philly accent? I think it's really hard. Yeah. It's I I've no. tried it it's, and like I even I lived in Maryland and the accent is sort of similar. Uh, there's it's like a little bit of that like are you guys going hey, over to the store? Yeah, you going to the store to get get me a bottle of water. Um, but <laughs> water. it's like like yeah, there's like Donovan. Yeah, but it's like it's really hard to like I can't like be conversational in it. It's like you got to make ooze with ooze with your mouth with your mouth. I can't do it that way. Well. <laughs> yeah, well, like I remember. Oh, the- I remember in the, the Wire, they say things like Q instead of two. Like yeah. Q. <laughs> is that like or like instead of Jew, they go Q. There's you know? intricacies so- of the Baltimore accent that don't exist in the Philly accent, but it's got that same sort of general. Like they both do like the water. And uh, they both, they both kind of, they have the O's that kind of sound like this, you know, like, like that. It's, it's really hard to like do that, it. It like quickly goes either Californian or Canadian. And uh-huh. it's hard to. It's- it, it is a little Californian actually, mm-hmm. which is sort of funny because there was a, a guy I knew who grew up in Western Maryland and he, he, but he, he moved to California as an adult, but his accent was like the Californians mm-hmm. that sketch. Huh. 
Oh my god. You have to take a left on La Cienega next to the Zanku Chicken. That that one? Is yeah, is that how you get to uh Poquito Mas? That's how you well, if you're near Zanku Chicken, you just eat at the Zanku Chicken. Hmm. Oh, Jesus says eating horse poops a sin. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with eating horse poop as long as, as, long as you get it from Poquito Mas. Hey, we got the best horse poop. Tostada, you can pay for $9.99. Jesus doesn't like Mexican food unless it's from Poquita Mice. <laughs> was Zanku Chicken yeah. what they were alluding to in that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, like the Palestinian chicken? No, no, I don't think so. No, Zanku oh. Chicken's Armenian, like isn't it? Oh, is it? Armenian, yeah. Ah, yeah. Damn I think, right. I think uh, there, there are, like, uh, there probably is, like, a Palestinian chicken place um, somewhere. Um, Palestine, you know, that probably were... Palestine. <laughs> What's that? Probably in Palestine. <laughs> no, I, I missed it again. Probably in Palestine. Yeah, probably in Palestine. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that was a good uh, joke. You know, I met him <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> anywho, uh, the other... if we're talking about Super Bowl uh, celebrations, I know this was after the NFC Championship game, but. Man, the guy riding the dune buggy up the rocky stairs, <laughs> yeah. that was like next level. That's when I knew. I was like, it's not enough to just hate the Patriots. Like the Eagle, like we as a country need the Eagles to win. Like we it's, need Eagles celebrations. It's funny because we have Donald Trump who's like all of the ugly American stereotypes like in a really embarrassing way. But then you have Philly fans who are like the ugly American, but somehow like in a in an endearing way. I don't. I don't. Yeah, in I can't a fucking really, epic way. I can't really explain it. Yeah, because one's epic and and it's like uh, you know, it's like uh, it's like a stupid happy puppy who you know, uh, it, like that's it's it, there's a lot of joy in their in their stupid right. recklessness. I think um like one time I was when I when I first was living in Australia. And I'm pretty sure, like, this guy had only experienced American culture through, like, MTV and, like, spring break type shit. And he was like, so tell me, how come all Americans are always so excited? (laughs) And that's kind of like, that's like kind of the Philly fan thing. It's like, well, they're just, they're just really excited whenever you see them. You know, they're amped up, whether it's mad, whether it's, like, driving up uh, the stairs in a dune buggy or eating Mm -hmm. horse shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever I see you know someone from philly i have to make sure to say you know i'm going to the p-a-r-k because if i say park they're gonna flip out you know mm-hmm. otherwise they're gonna be like whoa did you say park and then everyone's gonna high five and someone's gonna get killed uh-huh sure <laughs> sure <laughs> so you gotta start greasing up the poles oh yeah exactly dude i don't you think i don't think other countries hoot quite like us we're just always hooting about <laughs> we, are, we are really great at being a rabble yeah we're just always yeah. hooting yeah, it's like that uh, Simpsons where they're standing around in a circle, and the and the and the and the Simpson boys are putting the pots on their heads and then running into each other while mm-hmm. they all cheer. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. I mean, it's that's like basically that. football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of being excited, here's uh, Jason Kelsey's uh, post game speech, which was the parade speech. Parade speech. Another transcendent moment. I thought he's also wearing like a wizard costume. I know Lane he looks like Chris Kazam. just talked about this, but I don't think that it's been beat home enough. Howie Roseman, a few years ago, was relinquished of all control pretty much in this organization. He was put in the side, hey, hey, he was put in the side <laughs> of the building where I didn't see him for over a year. 
Two years ago, when they made a decision. <laughs> I like it's kind of cut to Howie Rosen. He's just like, I, I don't know where he's going he with He looks this. like Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's like, oh, God. He's a very <laughs> nervous looking person. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. He came out of there a different man. He came out of there with a purpose and a drive to make this possible. And I saw Woo! a different Howie Rosen. An underdog. Oh. He sounds like Vince McMahon. Yeah. yeah. When Doug Peterson oh, was hired, he it's the same crowd as the libertarian one. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to have license to drive a car? Boo! Yeah. Or are we sovereign citizens? No! Government stop you from eating horse poop. No! no. When the cop we're says, need a license to eat horse shit. The cop tells me I can't let my seven-year-old drive an open-top truck. <laughs> I couldn't believe that was real, by the way. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and Gary Johnson's like, um, actually, <laughs> well, uh, maybe we should have some licenses. Maybe, maybe we should have like subtitles. <laughs> 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 Gary Johnson being lustily booed at a libertarian convention was like one of the coolest things um, I've ever seen. I think uh, I think sneeze guards on salad bars could be a good <laughs> thing. Sometimes. <laughs> See, uh, we have the the urinals erased so that I don't get pee on my shoes. <laughs> it's probably your fault. Boo. <laughs> was rated as the worst coaching hire by a lot of freaking analysts out there in the media. This oh, he's still going. Season, some clown named Mike Lombardi <laughs> told him that he was the least qualified head coach in the NFL. <laughs> oh, crazy. Griffin, Doug Peterson, a man who went for it on fourth and down. Went for it on fourth and down in the Super Bowl with the trick play. I feel like he could say anything. That was his idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was it? It was Nick Foles' idea. Nick Foles went over and he's like, "How about we do the trick play?" And he was like, "All right, I guess." Like it yeah. wasn't even like he wanted to do it. Well, that's God. just good libertarian coaching right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See it in your pants. This is like, yeah, he, he could a, say anything that would be like that scene in Airheads where the guy's like, I play D&D too. And the other guy's like, I used to masturbate constantly. And then they'll start throwing shit at him. Which is kind of funny because I feel like in a, if that movie is made now, everyone would cheer for him. Mm-hmm. We're much more self-sex positive sure, than we sure. were back in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, that was back in the, the, the days where we were slut-shaming Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we'd celebrate it, mm-hmm. I hope. I would, dude. I celebrated it back then. Yeah, I was I was super juiced on people getting blowjobs. Still am. <laughs> cool, cool. And it don't stop with him. It does not stop with him. Jason Peters was told he was too old. Didn't have any. That's kind of Philly-ish, wasn't it? Yeah, but he's from oh. Cincinnati or Cleveland. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Before he got hurt, he was the best freaking tackle in the NFL. <laughs> and was told he didn't have it. Stephen Wisniewski ain't good enough. Jason Kelsey's too small. Late Johnson can't lay off the juice. 
Yeah, I wish they cut to Lane Johnson. We'd be like, "Whoa, dude! <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, man!" He, yeah. he got popped twice, right? That he's gotten popped twice. Hasn't Jeffrey's he? only got one ball. <laughs> the guy blood's, blood's too fat and farts all the time. <laughs> well, the way he's going, you're expecting him to be like, "Our quarterback has the biggest dick in the NFL." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Put, Mr. Jai couldn't get it up when it mattered. <laughs> They said, just- they said Nelson Aguilar <laughs> spends too much time on strip clubs and he spends all his money on baby mamas. Uh, Nelson Aguilar doesn't know how to change a tire. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? What? What's even relevant? Uh, that'd be good if that was a knock on somebody at the combine. It's like, sure, he seems like a guy would, you could have a but beer it would, with. It would be one of those things that, like, you know, they spend they spend months and months and months, like, breaking down film. They're they're meticulous about data. But then, like, anytime you talk to a coach, they're always like, you know what I knew he's my guy? Yeah, when the bum told me to draft him. Like, or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or, like, the famous thing about Alex Smith is, like, Alex Smith opened the door for his mom, you know? And it's like, <laughs> that's always, it's always, it always comes down to that, right? Because... And that's what's so funny is like that everyone wants you to think that they're like, oh, I've been grinding tape for months and I'm, I've been pouring over those combine numbers. And then they're like, coach, tell us why you made this decision. Like, well, you know, I just really liked, uh, you know, uh, his grandfather voted wig and dress left. You know, like it's always some stupid thing. Yeah. So that would totally be the anecdote where it's like, mm. uh, yeah, he was in the car with one of our scouts and uh, blew a tire and he didn't know how to change it. But that's when we knew he wasn't yeah. our guy. Yeah, I saw him put those snow chains on. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone put snow chains on that fast. I was impressed. I drafted him right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Blue collar work ethic. Yeah. Oh, uh, sports. Jimmy They're Garoppolo so fucked my wife within ten minutes of meeting mm-hmm. her, and that's when I knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't uh, blame him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can't blame her. Did you? Uh, yeah, no, you can't. He's very dreamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you, uh, Dave? Did you happen to catch the two bills? Yeah, I, 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 you know what? I, I hate Bill Belichick more than I hate like most injustices in the world. But I, I, I watched that and I was like, ah, I think I like Bill Belichick now. It, I, it, I don't, I don't like, I don't like how it made me feel. To be perfectly honest, yeah, it definitely made me much more uh, sympathetic to Belichick because he, because it, it gave him like, it made him seem like a like quiet, uh, quiet and bookish instead of just grumbly. Like usually when you see him on TV, he's just like. The grumbly guy. They're just like, hey, Bill, so uh, what do you think of the game today? And he's just like, go fuck yourself. Like, what? <laughs> Why can't you just answer a question? And then they show him in the two Bills, and he's crying at one point because of how emotional he is to be back in the building. He's constantly being nice to Bill ourselves. Yeah. It was, it was, it was frustrating. Like, I, I, wanted it to, I wanted him to be a complete dick the whole time where it's like, so, uh, you know, when the, when the Giants won the Super Bowl, how much did Bill Parcells help you? And he's just like, not at all. I, I knew everything. I was the best. <laughs> yeah. But, but, well, I think that's no. what it, it kept digging for. It kept digging for some insight into their interpersonal dynamic, which was A, self-explanatory and B, like not interesting at all. Like, yeah, they're, they're two coaches that kind of you know worked well together and it well, kept like they, they kept looking for like some gotcha moment where uh you know like there was going to be fucking uh, rosebud yeah you know the entire like, like concept stopped rolling the, yeah yeah the entire concept of emotions are so far off both those guys radar screens <laughs> yeah. that like they kept like waiting for it and it was like never gonna happen like when was the moment that you made up it's like can you fucking imagine either one of those guys being like Hey, listen, I was a real prick about that. You know, like it was <laughs> yeah. never gonna happen. It was like they 
they kind of got pissed at each other about the Jets thing. Uh, so they stopped talking, and then they got out of habit of talking, and then Scott Pioli was like, hey, why don't we get all of us together for golf? And um, Bill Belichick was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And then Bill Belichick was like, or uh, Bill Parcells was like, oh, there's no Japs there. And, yeah, and then like that was it. And then they were like friends again. But the director kept digging. was like, tell me about the golf thing. What was the golf thing like? Meanwhile... It's totally glossing over the more interesting aspect of those two guys, which is that you can ask Bill Parcells about a fucking football game that he coached in college in like the 70s. And he's like, oh, yeah, I think uh," I mean, Bill Parcells is like half senile. He's like 80 years old. He has like a bad uh, like a terrible facelift. And they ask him about a college game. He's like, yeah, he uh, he broke the rushing record on us that day. I think the score was like 47 (laughs) to three. And like they show the newspaper clipping and he's right. And then he got all those things right. And Belichick is filling in other details Mm -hmm. (laughs) about it. Like, if there's anything interesting about those two guys, it's that they're both so psychotically focused on football that they can remember shit. Like, they can remember defensive packages on, like, specific series of games 20 years ago. And and then in the game footage, they just gloss all over that. Gloss over that. The, and they're like, so what was it like? Were you feeling like, uh, were you feeling like Bill Parcells was like your, your estranged father? Or was it more like he was like a stepbrother who, well, who was off doing drugs? <coughs> That's what's so frustrating to me about Belichick which is like yeah he's grumbly but like part of me says i don't want to blame him because you know like he's it's after a game and someone's like you know uh oh i have a question yes the legacy of tom brady (laughs) and then they just stop you know and he's like you know we're 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 just focused on one game at a time like i kind of don't like i can sort of feel for him but then like every once in a while someone will be like hey uh you know nate ebner who's like you know a third string safety and special teamer uh, got hurt. You know, how does that change the way you want to think about your punt protection? Cause he's like the up back, you know? Right. And he's like, well, actually, if you look at the history of punt formations and he gets like really into it, which like, <laughs> I can kind of respect and I mm-hmm. like, and the funny thing, and I've always noticed that about press conferences and the, the same fucking thing kept happening in the two bills where, uh, you know, again, it's, a game from the middle of the 1986 season and and Belichick's just like oh yeah I remember that so we decided that we were going to come out in a dime personnel package and try to play that the whole game to get the most speed on the field and and then you know and they're like and how did you feel about that like, <laughs> yeah. shut up yeah. like just, just yeah. stop talking yeah um Dave you can you can weigh in on this but I always feel um I always feel like like I, I, I enjoy reading people write about sports, and I respect the uh, the craft of journalism. But the, but I feel like they collide in a very strange way after games, because like a game's over, you know what the score is, you know what happened. But then there's like this press conference where all the sports writers think that they need to put on their journalist hat and ask oh, the yeah. tough questions, and it's like what. What do you expect to get out of the athletes after the after they've just watched the game that we all saw? So, like, so with the Rangers for a long time, John Tortorella was their coach, and he's just a you know grumbly prick, man. Oh, he is an and, and asshole. Like, he was always like, going to give you. I think I feel like NHL coaches. Yeah, I feel like NHL coaches have like would, lower profiles, but like, so I couldn't tell you what the personality of most NFL and NHL coaches is, but like, I know John Tortorella is like a fucking asshole. <laughs> Oh, he's just the worst, man. And like, and the thing is, is after a loss, forget it. Like, he would never want to talk about the players that were bad or anything. And like, going back to the Belichick thing, it was the same thing. Like, Henrik Lundqvist could make forty-five saves and play out of his mind and be like, "So, how about Henrik tonight?" And he'd be like, "Well, yeah, goalie just doing his job." 
But then there'd be like some fourth line guy who fought twice and played two minutes and be like, so Brandon Prust. And then he'd give you 10 minutes on Brandon Prust and what the fight meant and how it changed momentum and how he did a great job in his two, two minutes on the ice. But after a game, a coach generally is pretty much just going to give you what he wants to give you. And yet I would see people at like MSG, they would do these long preambles like, so earlier today you said that you wanted to see more out of this guy. And in the first period, he had a really good shift. And then in the, later in the period, he also made a play where he blocked a shot. And later in the game, he had a play where he hit the post. So I guess my question is, how did you, how did you feel about his game tonight? Like, just get to, just get to the question, man. Yeah. Like, we only have, like, four minutes here. What are you doing? It's weird how the asinine non-question uh, transcends all, uh, all, all arenas. Because that's, like, the classic, like classic post-movie Q&A question where the person just... You know, they they bloviate like, well, I noticed that uh, you referenced Godard in the fourth scene there. (laughs) And it's like, dude, first of all, not a question. Second of all, like, there's not going to be confetti that falls from the rafters because you recognize the the, the secret reference. Yeah, but has there there. ever been a a director who was listening to the question and said, dude, do you want to be friends? And then they became friends. (laughs) We clearly have. That's exactly what I was going for in my film. We should be friends. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go from being Vince Mancini, lowly film critic for a film drunk, to Vince Mancini, Brett Ratner's best friend. Whoa, lowly? (laughs) He's a senior editor. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right, well, (laughs) what I meant to say is, like, you know, shitty. Do you think you could put up with, with whatever Brett Ratner would say, like, enough to be, you know, to live live that high life with him? I think I can no, get... No, absolutely not. I th- well, I <laughs> absolutely think, I not. Think, I feel like we'd have a lot of conversations about cum. <laughs> He'd always be asking how to get it off stuff. <laughs> yeah, how to get it off stuff, and like, isn't it amazing when cum does this and that, and I feel like we'd get along there. But Brendan, did you give Charlie that toy? Where did he get that toy from? I don't know. He had it when I came in. All right, I get one second. I don't know where the hell they came So many years ago, I... Uh, I had the option to like leave work early to go see uh, the CEO of Zappos talk, Tony Shea. He had like just put out his famous book. Um, and it was the same thing that Vince was talking about, where it was like really amazing. And like the, the people were very conscious, like the people running it were very conscious of how much time there was. And it was very limited. So they're like, please make sure your question is direct and, and brief, uh, as brief as possible. And literally every single person was like, hi, um, big fan. Um, first of all, I just love everything you've done. And I just think it's so amazing. And I read the book and wow, I was able to take away such good lists. I was just telling some people at work today, you know, and then like someone would be like, excuse me, it's, it's the question. They'd be like, oh yeah, sorry. So in chapter four, you're talking about, um, and by the way, you know, I thought it was a really good lesson in which I, re- and so it like just ends up being like a 20 minute compliment. And then at the end it's like, um, I don't have a question. Which was people like that to get shot on site. Yeah, I mean, like I was, I was sort of in a detached way. Um, I was kind of annoyed, but like I didn't care because I wasn't. It wasn't wasting my time, and like I didn't, you know, I was either gonna be there at work, and I didn't have a question asked. So it was like, um, it was really funny. But I do agree that just in general, like low self awareness about the value of other people's time is like. Oh, yeah. the, the, those that that's a trait that's like unforgivable. Some people, some people feel like they just have to ask a question sometimes, and other times. So the thing that bothers me is like in the playoffs, 
when a guy scores like a game-winning goal in overtime, they put him up on a podium, and there's cameras there. It's not like in the locker room. And you really only have, like, three or four minutes. And he just scored this goal, game-winning goal in overtime. We all saw it. We all saw how it happened. And inevitably, the first question, and it's not even a question, is always for this guy. It's always, can you just take us through your goal? <laughs> <laughs> like, wh- like, what do you mean? We just saw exactly. We, we, it's like it's 2018. Like, like in 1975, when a guy scored a goal, like you saw the goal and that was it. You're like, oh man, what happened now? Like, you can watch it on your computer, on your phone. Why are you asking a guy to describe a thing that you can see with your own eyes? And that kills like a minute and a half. It drives me nuts. Matt, are you gaming? Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm listening to you guys. What do you mean am I gaming? Sometimes I have something to say. Sometimes I got to eat paquito moss. But, you know, you can't have everything. Sure, sure. That that did not answer the question. I am I am gaming. But that's Matt. not relevant to, I think, here's the thing. I think everyone's doing a great job on this, fuck, <laughs> on this podcast. And I think, uh, you know, what? I'm do- I'm docking you one Patreon token this month. Do not! I uh, listen. I've been paying attention. I've been participating. I'm not really playing. I'm just uh, just doing a bit. Doing, uh, sure, a bit. sure. Yeah, one of Matt one of Matt Lieb's classic bits. Yeah, you know the bit. Where I get. I, uh, I get it. I get it. It's funny. I get it. Yeah. Thank you. He gets it. Hey, it's, fu- it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's funny. It's a, see, it's, a, it's oversized cowboy hat. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so do you want to talk about the uh, the Cloverfield paradox? You know oh, what? God. I, I, I'll be real with you. I'm so glad Brendan is here. I did not get to watch it. I didn't have time. But I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it. Matt, this is... Uh, that, I mean, that's just two right in a row. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. It's two in a row. I, I but the 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 gaming thing isn't real. I'm not actually playing games. But <laughs> however, however, I I I did not watch. What's your KD this field. round? Well, right now uh, nine, nine six. No, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm not playing games. I'm not playing games. I'm not. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I just didn't even say anything. I was like looking for something. I know. I know. But that's the thing. It's like when you don't say anything for long enough, it makes me feel guilty. I don't. I. I should not be made to feel guilty. I did nothing wrong, other than not see the movie that I said we should see. But at the same time, other people did, and we can have a lot of fun talking about it. <laughs> um, well, Brett, uh, our estranged former host, Brett. Uh, he was the first person to actually text me about it. I didn't hear this. I didn't hear the commercial when they announced it. I think I was like outside playing cornhole or something. I, I did see the commercial. Yeah, um, but yeah. Th- so then I heard about it through text from Brett, which went. Uh, I watched the Netflix publicity stunt because I heart to participate in culture. It's like someone tried <laughs> to make broth out of the bones and buttholes of rejected genre scripts. But broth can be good, you say. Wrong. Anyone who gets excited about broth is a fucking psycho. Free Super Bowl <laughs> broth. No thanks. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much... Uh, yeah. uh, I missed that guy. It, it, and, and, and he was so right because it was just... Uh, this is broth. It was like a stew. Like someone tried to make a stew out of like Alien and Gravity and Arrival. Basically, any uh, any any movie where a space lady has a dead kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one was Arrival? Arrivals with Amy Adams and the yeah, the cancer kid. Oh, I giant, never saw that. Giant squid aliens. It yeah, was all right. It, yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, 
She had a dead dead kid, but they pulled the old, oh, she had the dead kid after the plot dodge because of time travel. And that was the secret of the movie, which, right. you know, sure. As one does. To be honest, I, uh, I remember enjoying it in the theaters, but uh, then I saw it again on HBO or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not great, but, uh, you know. So what do like, I know about that? So Cloverfield Paradox, Alien was in there. They had like a chest burster type scene, but with worms this time. Uh, there was what? Yeah, he had worms in yeah. his chest. Well, <laughs> they actually stole the, they they stole the chest bursting aliens. Sort of. Brendan, why don't you try and can you do you think you could describe the plot? I didn't see it. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you agree to a movie on on chat, and everybody's like, yeah, I'll watch that movie and come to the broadcast. And then they don't. And then, you know, well, you leave Dave Lozo out here just watching dumb Netflix movies by himself. All right, but it's real, it was really bad. It's really, well, really bad. Why don't you guys well, talk about how bad it was? I apologize. So why don't you can you describe the plot? Let's see if you can give us like a rundown. <laughs> so here's the plot. Okay, okay. There's 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 people in space. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they they need to they need to fire a space laser in order to create energy for the Earth because apparently the Earth is out of energy. The Earth is out of but energy. There's like lines at the gas station. Everybody's depleted, yeah. you know, and they're like on the it's- verge of war. Yeah, I, Wait, I, don't, so, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get how the lack of energy leads to war because you need energy to fight a war. But that's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, not a, I'm not a scientist. They're so fighting over limited works. resources. I, I'll give them that. But like, if the, but if there's no gas or electricity, how are they, how are they like powering up stuff to go to war? I, horseback. <laughs> so they go back into horseback. Yeah, you get the horses to to walk in a circle all day, and then you can fire the thing. Yeah, you charge up yeah. the Does charge up the thing. Oh no! I meant like, are there? Is there like cavalry, infantry with with on horses? No, no. But, that's, yeah, but yeah, that's also a good question. Maybe so, you can get them. It's then. implied. So it's very talky. Like the whole thing's uh, the whole thing's dialogue. It's not like there's a lot of uh, tell don't show because they're like, well, the Earth is out of energy. But then there's these space scientists, and they're uh, working on a thingamajig that's going to produce infinite energy. Yeah. The first 11 minutes of the movie, I, I have this theory, and I gotta like check it out. I feel like any movie that ever spends any time doing like exposition via TV and news reports uh-huh. is always a shitty movie, mm-hmm. always. And the first 10 minutes of this movie is just radio people going, uh, "We're we're out of gas, we're out of electricity." Back to you, Bob. We're also at war, Gene. Back to you. Like <laughs> yeah. the whole beginning of the movie, <laughs> the first. That was uh, that That's- was that was Wall Street too. There was it was like half news montages yeah, to explain the, the plot. Yeah. They did like graphic charts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, counterpoint uh, to that going though. up into the right and then down into the right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, counterpoint to that was Watchmen, where he, they 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 recreated oh, the best. they recreated the yeah. Kennedy assassination with the with the superheroes, and that's like far and away the best thing Zack Snyder's ever done. If I ever make a movie, I want all exposition to be done with spinning newspaper headlines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's extra, that's extra. the best way to do it. Extra, extra, spinning newspaper. You read the headline, then you know what's going on. You don't have to spend all this time talking. It's Fargan War. Best, the, best, 
the the best exposition in the Cloverfield Paradox is okay. So they do the whole first ten minutes, and it's all just the whole. They're sitting in a car, and they're being sad, and she's going to space and everything. And then they're on the ship, and they're getting ready to fire this super powerful space laser. And you think they're done with the exposition, and for some reason, on this spaceship in this crucial moment, they're all watching CNN. <laughs> they're all watching CNN. It's a split screen, and the, and not only are they watching CNN, the guy on CNN is talking about the space laser and how if they fire the space laser, it could open up a hole in space time continuum. And then guess what happens next? That's exactly what they do. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly like, what they do. Let's they, watch. They let's watch this like CNN segment about the possible side effects of the thing we're about to do. It would fucking rule if they're watching CNN, but it was like the Brady Bunch, like nine panel screen of like a bunch of people yelling at each other. Like Anna Navarro's like, how dare you say that? How dare you say that about the Ronald Reagan? No, what they did, what they did did instead was. What's the name? Jeffrey, like, well, actually the KKK is uh, a democratic plot. Uh, I don't know. Jeffrey. Um, He got fired for calling someone a Nazi. Yeah. Oh, Jeffrey Lord. Yeah, Jeffrey Lord, mm, God, mm, that guy. One of the Jeffrey most Jeffrey Lord, our God. One of the most punchable faces. Well, what they did instead Earth. was they had the the news person be like, "Well, actually, uh, there, this could unleash uh, something that I like to call the Cloverfield paradox." He didn't, he didn't say those actual words, but basically, and then and then so it's like did he five, look at the camera immediately. When it's he like said it? it's like five minutes of exposition, and then finally the 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 team leader's like, "Shut that shit off." Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until he actually said all the stuff. He was like, turn that off. Like, yeah. He's, he's lurking for like five minutes so he can fully <laughs> yeah. explain everything. Hey, turn that off. Um, We're done here. And then so uh, oh. so they do this experiment and then they get sent to a different dimension where everything's different, which was also the plot of Sliders with Jerry O'Connell. Mm-hmm. And that was just Great a very show. strong Saturday morning television show. Mm-hmm. I would fucking watch. Sli- Sliders was like... Uh, quantum leap for kids kind of mm-hmm. it was kind of like quantum leap meets uh back to the future 2 where like you go to like a different different future or or that simpsons episode the halloween one where homer keeps going back in time and, and trying not to touch anything because yep. it keeps changing his future and then yeah. he, like he does the thing where he like steps on the lizard and just like starts right, beating the up butterfly all the, effect yeah, yeah yeah that was a great that's probably the best a simpsons one. halloween episode so it's basically that but um so like they go to a different dimension, and then there's this other weird chick there, and uh, and she is, is replaced. So the main girl is uh, Gugu. My name is Paradox. <laughs> yeah. I like to minimize risk. <laughs> uh, the main character is Gugu Mbatha Ra, which is uh-huh. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but it's just the best name. Gugu Mbatha Ra. Yeah, she's not really good though. Is the thing the thing that all bad robot movies do? Well, I think it's also funny that like bad robot wants to be this brand that's like the Twilight Zone, but really the the brand is like secret marketing, and it really has absolutely nothing to do with the actual films in any way. Viral um, marketing is better than movies, though. At this point, oh well, th- in Bad Robot's case, that is a thousand percent true. I'll take I'll take a really good viral marketing campaign over sitting through an hour and a half pretty much any movie at this point. Like one time you got sent a phone, remember that? <laughs> uh, what was that phone for? I I don't know. You wouldn't let us fucking No, it wasn't you actually. No, it was Brett. Brett was here and he would not let us bite 
on, on what it was. And I, and so <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I Brad tried was being so phone and he flushed it down the toilet. <laughs> he did. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to know so bad. Like if I was a fish, I, I'd have been dead a long time ago. <laughs> if you were a fish why was fish I, your go-to you know it's curiosity killed the cat not the fish yeah but but you know i'm talking about like uh most fish you know you see something and you want to bite it but then it's a hook all right fair you know you you, you explain that pretty well i'll give you that i feel like i've never seen a cat get killed by curiosity or well as i have seen a fish get killed by curiosity or hunger depending sure, on sure you know. um this feels like a normal Donald bit. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that does. Right. It's, it's, it's a fish. The fish is on the hook. Yeah, I was in the fish. Yeah. I was in that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can't spend too much time. Yeah, let's just say curiosity killed the fish. Yeah. 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 He's a funny guy. Anyway, I think the pinnacle of the movie was uh, when. So, the, the chick who's from a different dimension shows the video of the main character like in the dimension that she's traveled to it's a video of herself and her kids that have died in her reality and she shows uh-huh. her like she shows her like a 5 minute video of her with her kids and at the end of it she goes see your family is still alive in this world and you're like well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, we, we get it. Yeah, I think that's where uh, that's where the movie lost me. It was right, right in that the, scene. The, the part I didn't understand though was like in this current reality, her kids are alive, right? And in her, her own reality, she killed the kids with like the solar powered thing or whatever. And now her her idea is, well, I have to get down to this earth in this other dimension to save my kids. Right. And I'm like, well, if they're still alive now, they're 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 probably cool because they didn't die already because they already died in your thing. So how are you? I, and the best, actually, the second—that's the second best part. The best part is at the end when she's like sending them the message to warn them, and she never explicitly states they're going to die. She goes, "If you have the solar panel, maybe stop using it." Okay, yeah. I'm not going to tell you why, but you know what? Just go home and hug your kids. Right. So in this what? movie, solar panels are bad. She kills her kids with some sort of solar panel fire for fun. No, oh, no, on accident. Stealing energy or something, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, guys, you know what this is? There's I'm... also a foosball table on the spaceship, so it's like a Google millennial kind of like workplace. Right. So they can, oh, like, God. Yeah. Now, listen, cool. I didn't see the movie, but I already know what this is. I know what the problem with this movie is. What's that? <laughs> the people that wrote it would say, you know what? It's about family. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but really, that was the absolute worst part about it. Yep. Is because you're like, all right, this is a cool... I mean, it's a dumb plot, but I'll go with a dumb plot if it's about space stuff. <laughs> the minute she was like, I need to go down to this dimension so I can be with my kids. I was like, I don't give a fuck about your dumb kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every scene they every scene they have on Earth where her husband's back there with like the kid keeps she found it that you found at the hospital or whatever, I'm like, just go back to space, man. Like I don't need to see this stuff on Earth. Who cares? Yeah. It would have been slightly that- slightly interesting if they did like an Alex Garland type movie where uh like it just she actually got down to Earth and she wanted she had to kill the alternate dimension version of herself so that she could take over her kids and family. <laughs> Fight to the death in that's an actually arena. A movie. Yeah, that's I would right? watch that. I know. So the way this started was like some guy wrote this script called The God Particle, and J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot like bought it, but they're like, oh, we have to turn it into a Cloverfield movie, and so there's 
a scene at the end, and obviously this is spoiler filled because who cares? It's so funny though. The dude, the last scene, I, I, I burst out laughing. The last scene my, is laugh out loud oh funny. God. So they're oh, like, well, so we got to make this into a Cloverfield movie somehow. So at the very end, after she, after she makes the eternal energy machine, whatever the perpetual energy machine, she gets it yeah. to work. They get back to their own dimension. She, they get onto the escape pod down to Earth. Uh, and then her husband is down on earth and he's like wait she's coming back here doesn't she know what happened and then there's like a shot of the big cloverfield monster shrieking because whatever paradox has uh, unleashed uh the cloverfield monster and that's the end Hell of the yeah, so it's like dude. the prequel yep this is a prequel oh, okay. you're like oh that's where the but monster like, came from but like what what was his plan for her to live forever on a destroyed ship in space like she had to come back <laughs> right, at some point like right. there was really no other option for her so like, oh she's coming oh. here although yeah what else is she gonna do just float for a yeah. while Matt, what are you doing? Don't have to turn, turn around. I'm not, turn the I'm not doing anything. Around. Why do you keep asking me what am I doing? Does it sound like I'm doing something? It sounds like you're what just I'm like... doing is eating. I am eating food, and I'm, I'm what I'm doing. I'm going on mute a lot, you know, so that I can eat the food. But I don't know what to tell you. It sounds like you're just popping bubble wrap to entertain yourself. Oh no, no, I'm not popping any bubble wrap. It's just you know, I, I didn't plug in my. Uh, I think he is popping bubble wrap. I think he's the way popping. he said that. Yeah, that's okay. exactly that's what someone who's popping bubble guys, wrap would say. I'm not good at denying anything, even things that are actually de- deniable. And so you guys immediately assume that I'm lying, but I'm not lying. All right. Hey, so so what? Um, I didn't. I haven't seen any of the Cloverfields. Uh, I saw the first one. It's terrible. I remember I specifically didn't see it because you said it was terrible. Uh, uh, I did not see the second one, which people say is kind of good. That was supposed to be the I best one. I saw the Nine Cloverfield Lane. I saw that one. That one's supposed to be the one. good one. Is it good? Uh, yeah, I liked it. It had uh, John Goodman in it, uh, and I feel like uh, I haven't seen him in a while, so I was glad to see that he was still working, I guess. Um, but, you know, also... <laughs> Uh, I remember it being kind of exciting, uh, but I, to be r- real with you, I don't remember much of it at all. I, I, I think, I think someone was kidnapped or something. I don't know. Are we on uh, heroin? movies in general. I, can't, I don't have the, I don't have the patience for movies. <laughs> sure. You know what I like? Sure. Viral marketing campaigns. If, sure. if there could be yeah. more of those, uh-huh. more phones that they send you in the mail. Yeah, because well, who is it from? <laughs> sure. Um, I think Bad Robot does this thing, um, and Prometheus, and I like Prometheus, but Prometheus did this a little bit, uh, but every, like, J.J. Abrams Bad Robot movie is there's there's always a team of, like, six incredibly bland, good-looking people, kind of like mm-hmm. the cover of, like, a college course catalog where, you know, there's, like, one <laughs> hot Asian chick, and then there's one, like, sexy black dude, and then, like, two super bland white people, and they're, like, friends. So uh-huh. like that's the cast of every JJ Abrams movie. So it'll be like three of these good-looking course catalog people like saying expository stuff like, "Well, if we don't reverse the polarity, uh, the the spaceship's not gonna go around the sun and blah blah blah, and then we could all die." And then there's always just one funny guy. Uh, like in this oh, case, yeah. it's it's Chris O'Dowd. So it's like all these bland, good-looking people saying expository stuff, and then like the 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 funny guy is like, "Oh, well, that's reassuring." Like straight yeah. yeah, that right guy into the rules, camera. Though. Yeah. Well, Chris O'Dowd is really good. I feel no, like I don't know who that is. I mean, just any character who's uh, sassy in right. any movie. Well, it's either going to be Chris O'Dowd, Stephen Merchant. Um, oh. 
Good cast. Who, who else? Those are the Rebel Wilson. There's always going to be like the snarky one. Oh, you're just naming the sassy guys. Yeah, there's always going to be one. I thought these were all in the movie. No, no, no. Chris O'Dowd is in the movie, and I want to see a movie with just those guys: the Stephen Merchants and the Chris O'Dowds, and the and you know, like sure. I wanted to. I want the oops all berries of movies. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can make a supercut maybe yeah probably but i don't have the time for that the guy you could have the guy from um modern family um yes, uh, yes when he guy. was in um manny uh no i don't know his name but he was in dawn of the dead he's in the remake of mm-hmm. dawn of the dead and he was very like he was kind of femme but he was Ed like o'neill he was always like oh yeah well that's a great idea I'll just have the zombies come in and eat us <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's always and C three PO's in it too. <laughs> <laughs> the funny person BB 8s in it. <laughs> the funny person's always yeah. wildly overqualified too, because anything sounds like a joke if you just bookshelf it. If you just bookend it with with people um, breathlessly reading exposition, and then one person says something snarky, no matter what it is, it always yeah, sounds like a joke. But then they'll like get like John Cleese for it, and you're like, well, okay, well, we really didn't need. You really need to take a bazooka to kill the ant, but fine. You guys totally subject changed on me last week about Alien, whatever the last Alien was. Yeah, Covenant. God, that was so bad. What a lazy piece of shit. I'm with you. Seriously, the laziest movie I've ever seen. I'm with you. Oh, God. And same thing, just like stupid expository shit. And then, um, you know, Kenny Powers is like... I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing the gym from the and office By the way, space. Chris, o- Chris yeah. O'Dowd has the dumbest death I've ever seen in a movie in this movie. It's it's the stupidest, most... Wait, should, should we give it away? Like, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, the wall, Dude, the wall becomes magnetized? So, so, yeah, so he's in a room, right? And at one side of the room, all of a sudden, everything metal starts flying over and sticking to that wall. And so what does he do? He, he, does he does he get out of the room? Does he look behind him to see if anything is coming flying at him? No, he just walks and stares at the at the wall that's magnetized. Yeah. While this, while this magnet metal silly putty shit starts moving towards him, and he never looks behind him. Like, hey, I wonder if there's like a fire extinguisher that might hit the back of head. <laughs> nope. 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 And he and he's just dead. It's I so think, stupid. I think the uh, the magic silly putty was the the true star of that movie. Oh, it so was, man. We got to invent that. That's, that was like the coolest thing I've ever seen in a movie. Like, yeah, by far. It's like oh, a, so it, was, it wasn't a total loss. It but. was like a magic soldering iron where you you just like spray some goo on something and then you tase it. You use like a taser and then it like yeah. covers whatever you're doing. Perfect, like a cock, cocking gun. Uh, also, gosh. Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd is like way too casual about losing his arm. Like he's just <laughs> way, he's just like oh what. My bloody arm fell or whatever yeah. his accent is. That's not his oh, well, that, at all. well, that's a problem now, isn't it? Oh, it will yeah. be you, my arm! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like oh, no, he's Irish, though. He's Matt, he's crying Irish. About, he's crying about the earth. Now he's like, oh, my arm's falling off. All right, well, I'll go down and solder some more metal stuff down there. I'll be good. Matt, like, he, Matt wanna... he's Irish. He did the wrong accent. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I could sound like <laughs> just regular British. Oh, Jesus wouldn't like you when your arm falls. It's too, it's too late now. I can't just start doing a fucking accent every time someone does an accent. What? Well, that is my job. <laughs> That's my goddamn job. Yeah, come on. Oh, we're having a good time. Jesus, I've got a fucking lorry driving in my head. Yep, yep. 
Yeah. Oh, why is the metal silly putty getting closer to me? Oh no, I got killed by a fag. Jesus wouldn't oh, make your magic silly putty. <laughs> he thinks your putty's uh, a sin. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Um, so, speaking of movies that we hated, I finally have someone else here who saw Three Billboards. Oh, Holy I still fuck. haven't seen it. Oh, my. Dude, Vin, so so two times in my in my career of reading Vince Mancini reviews, I've, I've been like, what? How can this movie be bad? And one of them was Girl on the Train, which, holy Jesus, God, that movie was bad. And <laughs> yeah, Three it, Billboards. I could not believe that three billboards with all those people, the in Bruges guy, Francis McDonald, everyone in it. I'm like, this can't be bad. I know. I was. With, I said the same thing. It's isn't it's, it? It's oh my god. Isn't it nominated for like everything? Everything. Yeah. Pretty much everything but director, right? Yeah. Uh, how would you explain that? I mean, I have my explanations of it, but what what do you think's going on there? No, like it, it was the the thing you wrote was so accurate. It was about how. Like Martin McDonough can't get any of the little things right, so how do you trust him on the big things? Like there are so many. Like the thing everyone hates about that movie that they keep talking about is Sam Rockwell's character, right? Like he's a racist, awful, brutal cop, yeah. and he has this weird redemption arc, and that's totally fine to hate it for that reason. I completely agree. But even if that was fine, there's so much other bad shit in the movie that it still has no business being nominated right. for anything. It's so bad. That doesn't even rate of the top 10 things. That doesn't even rate in my top oh. 10 of things that I hated about that movie. Um, the 19-year-old girl? I, I don't understand the 19-year-old... I have a theory about the 19-year-old girl character in the movie, and I want to get it out there in case this ends up being true later on down the road. So she looks like she looks just like Margot Robbie, right? Like She's like a Margot Robbie like doppelganger sure and they make her they it's, make her it's abby cornish she was rot margot robbie before margot robbie but go ahead what about jamie Sorry. presley sure sure oh, oh, there's oh a yeah lot, there's actually... a lot of margot robbies out there but like my theory is that like martin mcdonough hates margot robbie and couldn't get her in the movie <laughs> so he casted someone that looks exactly like her and just made her say the dumbest shit like like <laughs> like, like like she's she's nineteen. She's not stupid. Like how do you not know polio and polo are two different things? Like why is that a line in the movie? <laughs> every oh my god! And like the way they shoehorn comedy into every scene that's so dumb and bad. Too. Oh god, I, Vince, I'm so sorry. I didn't believe you and believe everybody <laughs> yeah. else. I should have never went to see it. I accept your apology. Um, I've uh, so my so do you like? Uh, are, are you a pro wrestling fan? Uh, no, I'm an adult. Okay. See, that's, oh, <laughs> shots fired. No, no, that's the way I feel about pro wrestling. But watching that movie, like it reminded me of pro wrestling. Like it's these broad stereotypes that are kind of just like coming together and hitting each other with yeah. chairs in every scene. And uh, and then like a lot and like a lot of people whose opinions I otherwise respect are. My God, that's the death of American manufacturing's music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you could have a character oh, who's like America is a land of contrasts, <laughs> the death, the death of the American dream. Yeah. Uh, if a character character could be, you know, the friendships they made along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Loss no, of like, innocence. but like it, but it, uh, in the same way that I can't figure out wrestling at all, and a lot of people that I otherwise respect like find something to enjoy in wrestling that's kind of like three billboards to me oh man i there's just so many like there's so many scenes in, mo- in that movie where i'm just like why doesn't the like, like the new like the new cop shows up after woody harrelson dies and he watches sam hey Rockwell, spoilers dude oh yeah sorry woody harrelson dies <laughs> <laughs> he totally dies 
And the new cop watches Sam Rockwell abuse this guy, and he's just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Wait, what? I don't understand. You're supposed to be the new good cop. You, I, there's like, there's like fifty things like that in the movie that just drove me insane. I just the, I also, the bloods in the crypt speech. Sure. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I also oh, think it's Jesus. just so over the top cliche that people assume that it must be satire of some sort because they're like, well, no, Martin no, McDonough no. wouldn't have put that in there unless he was clearly like he wouldn't have had Woody Harrelson fuck a way younger inexplicably Australian yeah, girl yeah. <laughs> unless it was like a comment on him always playing that character. Oh god. But like maybe he maybe he would. So there Can you I go. be real with you guys? Please. Uh, yeah. In Bruges, is it really that good? I see I used to think it was amazing and then after yeah. I watched three billboards it retroactively made me think it was less good. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I agree. Totally agree. Because I, why, I saw it in the theaters and I liked it. But I, I would have thought the Imbruge <clears throat> was like all time like top twenty or something for me. Like I loved it. And then I watched this movie where I watched three billboards where Peter Dinklage is present like solely so that they can make midget jokes about him. And then I think back to Imbruge and it has Colin Farrell yeah. karate chopping another dwarf. That's right. And like exactly. one dwarf, you're like, okay, that's just like a funny thing to to write. And then like two or three dwarves that are just there to make, to make dwarf jokes. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? That's an obsession. Is mm-hmm. what that is. It's like a sexual thing at this point. Yeah. Is that what you call a group of dwarves? An obsession of dwarves? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a dinklage. I think you call it a dinklage. <laughs> yeah, it's a dinklage of dwarves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I'm just saying. You know, I, I saw. I'm just saying. What? Hello. <laughs> oh, I was just saying. What's what's happening? No, I, was just, I don't know. I just try was trying to. Everyone's yelling now. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I don't know what I was gonna. Oh yeah, I saw him Bruce way after everyone else, and uh, I remember being like, I guess it was good. Um, I don't know if it's great though. There's I could be wrong. That, I'm probably wrong. There's don't there's it's moments funnier. that don't work. Like there's like when he's like, you take that back. What you said about my cunt kids, and you're like, all right, well this is you know that's how it's like. When there's too yeah. many words in the wordplay and it doesn't quite work, there's a couple moments like that in Imbruge. Sure. Yeah, I definitely remember like a couple of the jokes were like just a little too clever. Like, yeah, the like guy was like, itself. yeah, a little too fart sniffy mm-hmm. uh, while writing the dialogue. Yeah. That actually brings us back full circle because in that movie, he calls his wife an inanimate object. So I guess that means that Marlon Brando fucked her. <laughs> oh, nice. oh shit. we did go full circle yeah well, speaking of speaking of full circle uh, what what did uh, quincy say about the beatles what was he saying about the beatles uh hold on hold on i gotta find it it's in my tabs because i have this thing where i get mad there's there's a tendency especially in today's youth culture to uh <laughs> To uh, for millennials to shit on the Beatles and say things like the Beatles uh, are trash and their music is trash and that always pisses me off because I feel like uh, that just sounds edgy. Yeah. But then, it, but the truth of it is, the Beatles are, are dope. All right, I got uh, it. I got the quote. I got the quote. This is not a millennial. Like this is Quincy Jones, so I give it a little more credence. Oh, for sure. Which is why yeah. I'm interested in what his critique uh, is. What did you think when you first heard rock music? Quincy, rock ain't nothing but a white version of rhythm and blues, motherfucker. You know, I met Paul McCartney when he was, <laughs> when he was 21. Uh, what were your first impressions of the Beatles? That they were the worst musicians in the world. They were no playing motherfuckers. 
Paul was the worst <laughs> bass player I ever heard. And Ringo, don't even talk about it. I remember once we were in the studio with George Martin and Ringo. had uh, We were in the studio with George Martin, and Ringo had taken three hours for a four-bar thing he was trying to fix on a song. He couldn't get it. <laughs> He couldn't get it. We said, mate, why don't you go get some lager and lime, some shepherd's pie, and take an hour and a half and relax a little bit. So he did, and we called in Ronnie Varell, a jazz drummer. Ronnie came in for 15 minutes and tore it up. Ringo comes back and says, George, can you play it back for me one more time? So George did, and Ringo says, that didn't sound so bad. And I said, yeah, motherfucker, because it ain't you. Great guy, though. (laughs) Great guy, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I mean that's fair. They 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 weren't great musicians. Yeah, it wasn't about uh, although, musicianship. Although they got better, which is one of the most interesting things. Oh, it's all better. Watching them get better. Yeah. What about <laughs> what, what about uh, Jewish John Lennon? <laughs> what about Jewish? I'm not going to just start doing all of my bits. Just what about just say what about what, if, what about my what bits? What if John do- Lennon was Jewish though? Stop! Stop! No! I like splurred words! I like words that go woof, make me go woof, woof! I like the words that make me go meow! You can't just repeat all the bits we did! That's not how. This is. But they were good! That's the podcasting! That's what happened! Hey, it's a. It's it's an oversized cowboy hat. It's funny. Oh, God. Oh. I like the words that I hit my wife with. <laughs> right. That's your Come finest on. that's your finest we, moment easily. My finest moment in podcasting ever, you think so? Yeah, it's my favorite. Oh, uh, well, yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyway, check out uh, Best of 2017 podcast if you want to know what oh, I'm talking a, about. It's a great episode. It was great. It's and not great, like this one. It's a great episode. Much better than of a matchup of all of our episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the Beatles, uh, not, uh, not great bass players or drummers. Yeah, but uh, yeah, th- uh, I don't know. I mean, that's unfair because Quincy Jones is a fucking, you know, musical genius and, you know, but Hey, could he write fucking Blackbird? I mean, he probably could, but he probably <laughs> thought it sounded gay, but you know. Yeah. Uh, he also claimed to have fucked Ivanka Trump. So that was pretty cool. Oh damn! He's like, God, yeah. I, used to, to, I gotta read this Q and A. Ivana or Ivanka? No, Ivanka. Wow! Like straight up. Wait, Ivanka. wait, 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 wait. Ivanka, the yeah. child. Yeah. Um, when? So, all right. So I'll read that part of the interview. Uh, what stirred everything up? Is it all about Trumpism? It's Trump and uneducated rednecks. Trump is just telling them what they want to hear. I used to hang out with him. He's a crazy <laughs> motherfucker. Limited mentally. A megalomaniac. A megalomaniac. Narcissistic. I can't stand him. I used to date Ivanka, you know. Wait, really? Yeah. Yes, sir. This guy, <laughs> this guy is is blowing my mind right He's now. He's so great. Uh, yes, sir, 12 years ago. By the way, 12 years ago, uh, uh, Quincy Jones was 72, and I think Ivanka was like 23. Uh, Jesus. Wait, really? Yes, sir, 12 years ago. Tommy Hilfiger, who was working with my daughter, Kadeda, said, Ivanka wants to have dinner with you. I said, no problem. She's a fine motherfucker. <laughs> She had the most beautiful legs. <laughs> she had the most beautiful legs I ever saw in my life. Wrong father, though. <laughs> That's the whole thing. I don't know if it means he just like went on one date with her, or I mean, when you say I used to date her, that implies that you guys fucked. I don't know. I feel like Quincy Jones had fucked her. He would have said I fucked her. You know. At this That's point. true. That's true. 
seems like he just kind of says the things that he wants to say, <laughs> which just yeah. so- sounds free. Motherfucker, you like Brazilian music? <laughs> anyway, I fucked a mailbox once. My dad shot Kennedy. Hey, uh, do you like Cheese Whiz? <laughs> yeah. There should just be like a, a Quincy Jones reality show where he says things off the cuff. Yeah. Like says, says says stuff that makes you go, wait, 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 what? Yeah. And then just changes the subject immediately. Uh, he also said he knew who killed Kennedy and it was Sam Giancana. Anyway. In the same interview? In the same interview, yeah. What was that question? What was the question for that answer? Was he like, what's your favorite Mike and Ike? And he was like, <laughs> uh, I know who killed Kennedy. Oh, 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 oh. Um, uh, you just mentioned the Clintons, who are friends of yours. Why is there still such a visceral dislike of them? What are other people not seeing in Hillary, for example, that you see? It's because there's a side of her, when you keep secrets, they backfire. Like what secrets? This is something else I shouldn't be talking about. You, Fuck yes! You Fuck sure yes. seem to know a lot. I know too much, man. What's something you wish you didn't know? Who killed Kennedy? <laughs> who did it Giancana the connection was there between Sinatra and the mafia and Kennedy Joe Kennedy he was a bad man he came to Frank to have him talk to Giancana about getting votes I've heard this theory before that the mob helped win Illinois for Kennedy in 1960 uh, we shouldn't talk about this publicly where are you from <laughs> where are you from you yeah. just asked him where he's from yeah, that's yeah, is that- the answer is Toronto yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, he's from Toronto because he allowed him to change the subject on that. That's <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah. There's a level when, like, if you're too polite to be an interviewer, maybe you shouldn't interview people. But then again, I haven't read it yet. It sounds like he got a lot out of it. He was also insanely knowledgeable. Like, like uh, uh, Quincy Jones would be like, you like Brazilian music? And he'd be like, yeah. Like, he knew every bizarre reference that uh, yeah. Quincy Jones was making. And there was, like, a lot of weird ones in there. in there. Oh, he's doing a great job then. Yeah. You really, this, I got to read this interview. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we got, a, we got a few emails. Ooh. Your advice is always bad, but tell me more about your dad. Oh, God, I am afraid to die. Emails. Vince Fox mailboxes. Good. Good one. Good one. And Richard Pryor. <laughs> Uh, Vincent Frotters. Hi, hello. Was wondering if you'd seen Clint Eastwood's next two takes a scene masterpiece, uh, 1517 to Paris. And if not, what is your thoughts on the idea of using real life actors in the movie? All I can think of is the gimmick during that seal movie who wrote with real seals plastered all over it. Uh, it's advertising as a way to elevate a shit action movie with the hackney deaths of a friend and boring mid 2000s Middle East plot points. This feels as if it's the dramatic thriller version of that movie with adding a new authenticity to a story that doesn't really need to be told this way, as well as another addition to Clint's seeming descent into recounting real life events while seemingly missing the mark or making his own mark on the material that's unnecessary. Has he become a conservative conduit for heroic moments that are ignored by the liberal Hollywood or has he modeled himself as the real world storyteller counterpart for the God's not dead crowd? Thanks, Mick. Uh, it's complicated, a lot of the, complicated yeah. question. Um, so if you don't know the fifty movie, he 15, will definitely hang up and listen. Yeah, the movie fifteen seventeen <laughs> to Paris is about uh, I think what was two years ago, 
there were like some terrorists that were gonna bomb a plane or bomb a train in in they were gonna shoot it up weren't they yeah well one like they had guns and shit like they had guns and knives and there was like three friends like two of them were soldiers right yeah three american friends two of them were soldiers and i think there was a bunch of other people that don't get mentioned in the story um one of them was a jujitsu guy who like uh, like choked out one of the dudes, uh, one of the terrorist dudes. And as a jujitsu enthusiast, of course, have I had that fantasy where I get to choke out a terrorist mm-hmm. at some point in my life? Of course. You bet. And do I think someone would probably make a movie about me if that happened? Absolutely. But you'd hope so. Yeah, you'd hope so. So, like in that sense, I don't begrudge there being a movie about those guys, but. Uh, Clint Eastwood has a way of fucking those things up, like taking a story. No, taking a story that's like a good story, and then injecting both cheesy Hollywood shit and like a weird political agenda. Like to watch American Sniper, he makes he makes like three good narrative choices, and then like two really terrible ones. Like like throughout the movie, that's just like the pattern of the movie. So it ends up mm-hmm. being this completely mixed thing. That uh, it's like a Rorschach test where everybody sort of sees what they want in American Sniper. Like I thought it was mostly fine, and then he ends it with like a military parade and like <coughs> fluttering you American flags, which like the movie wasn't really about like patriotism. Uh, but like that's just the only thing that he knows how to do. So he's kind of just old, and he has a way of fucking up these stories to where if I was those guys, I'd kind of be mad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my yeah, exactly. my question when I saw the trailer was like, how are they going to make a feature length film? Like it it was a cool story, but yeah. like how the hell are they going to make a feature length film? Out of it's kind of like let's take a cool story and make it entirely tasteless. And don't they have a? Doesn't it have a weird ending? Doesn't it end with him coming back to America as a hero, and then later getting stabbed in Sacramento? Well, that's what happened to Chris Kyle. He was uh, like he was taking veterans out shooting to like help with their PTSD, and one of them like went nuts and killed him. Oh, which, oh, right. But I mean, like, which, yeah, I guess like, you're right. Like, and if you think of American Sniper as a story of the veteran experience, which you know, you can kind of do if you squint. Like, <laughs> it's it's an interesting movie, and it's a good movie in that sense because it, like, the part of the point of the movie is that he's going through all this shit, and he comes back, and no one else can understand it. And we sort of outsource like our war fighting to these people, and then we pretend they don't exist when they come back. So if like if that was the what the well, movie I think was, it was about, less, I think it was less we pretend they don't exist. It's in a way almost like overcorrecting from like we still have this like mental scar. Uh, or the psychic scar, rather, from from the Vietnam era of like you know spitting on returning soldiers for mm-hmm. being baby killers, and like we've totally like overcorrected. Right. Well, there's and, like and no and middle so ground. It's, just, it's like it's like we ignore that they exist when we send them off to war, and then when they come back, we like overcompensate by being like, oh my right. god. And, and of course, and it's only surface deep, right? So it's like oh, like some random person. Like I can't imagine what that must be like to like have some just random dipshit like interrupt your day to tell you thank you for your service. Like I don't know. I kind of feel like after a while, you're sort of like. What do you, you you have no idea? Maybe yeah, I yeah. maybe I farted into a chair in Tampa and yeah. killed people with drone strikes. You're not like, pretending to understand anything that they do, but you give up your seat on a plane, and it's like, right. it's, well, then then it, then it makes it okay that you know you didn't think about him for the last two years or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, definitely. 
Um, so like if the movie was about that and if you squint hard, like maybe it was kind of about that, like, like there was some value to it, but then the entire like last five minutes is basically a montage of fluttering flags and, and then it sort of seems like that's a USO tour movie. And so yeah, Clint Eastwood's probably not the right guy to do that movie and putting the real guys in it. Uh, yeah. I, I can only see it as a, a tasteless and weird marketing move. Well, that's the thing. Clint Eastwood often puts non-actors in his movies, and you can always tell who they are because they are mm-hmm. fucking terrible at acting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did you see Gran Torino? I did, and I loved Gran Torino, and there are scenes, no, in, that, I did, I and there are scenes in that that are so bad. Yeah, yeah, I loved the movie, uh, on, but kind of on this level that it wasn't about my love of cinema. It was more about like, yeah, let's just let's just make this fantasy for Clint Eastwood come true, and 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 cast real people to play, uh, you know, different ethnicities. He can say racist things to. Like, well, that's a fun job. <laughs> yeah, um... but yeah, the the acting in the movie was. Uh, uh, pretty atrocious. Well, the other hilarious thing about Clint Eastwood is that he casts non-actors, and he's also notorious for doing like one take of everything. Right, like, every, exactly. Every, every like, actor that's like, in his you, movies. Why are you even working? <laughs> you, don't, you obviously don't like filmmaking. Every actor that's in his movies will be like, "Yeah, I thought it was like a rehearsal." He didn't even tell me the cameras are rolling, and he's like, "Yeah, we got it. We're done." <laughs> I mean, it's clear he doesn't like uh, movies. Uh, either directing them, acting in them, or making them, or <laughs> writing them, uh, and he doesn't like Hollywood, uh, the people, the places, the things. I don't understand why he does that, what he does. That's the most endearing thing about him is that he just goes in there and he's like, ah, fuck it, that's good. Because every other director is such an anal retentive, and they're doing like twenty takes of the same exact fucking thing to where you know by the tenth take, the actors are just making sounds like they don't even remember what words they're saying anymore right 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 right. sure like because you can't it's called semantic fatigue it's like a real thing that happens like you 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 can't remember what what the sounds actually mean uh, so i i don't know i i enjoy that about clint eastwood but then he's also got this weird like old man uh jingoism thing going on nowadays where he has to like defend the prestige of the white man and that's what it seems like is happening with 1517 to paris yeah, yeah. Well, you know, good for him. He's like, see, yeah. see, you still need a strong white man. Yeah, he really. Uh, if you rewatch the Dirty Harry movies, you realize, like, of course, this is where it was going. <laughs> right, right. I used you to know? be really fond of those movies, and yeah, and then like recently, I was like, oh wait, those were like insanely fascist. <laughs> That's mighty white of <laughs> yeah. you. He actually says during the movie. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, it's mighty white of you. Yeah. And then the Enforcer was all about like you know. Uh, painting women's lib to be you know the farce it is like that's <laughs> right, right. Is basically like the entire i mean plot the of entire movie. point of uh dirty harry was that san francisco had been turned into a cesspool by liberalism and right. people had lost all moral compass and there was like this uh gay this gay serial killer roaming around that clint eastwood had to to come in and it, be the cowboy being kill. swept away by exactly. bigger, bigger waves of corruption apathy and red tape <laughs> yeah there you go yeah <laughs> No, that doesn't bother me. But you know what does bother me? All those goddamn hot dogs you eat. 
I, I need to see that again so I can quote it with you. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> Deadpool, maybe? I forget. It was one of the later ones. Yeah, so to make a long story short, 1570 to Paris, I feel bad because, you know, those guys, they probably deserve to, to have a movie about them, uh, but you know that uh, Clint Eastwood would, is going to fuck it up. Yeah, but what's worse, Clint Eastwood doing it, uh, probably making them look hella badass, or... Uh, uh, what's that one for Oliver Stone doing it or Peter Berg? And, uh, Peter, this would be a good Peter Berg movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Peter Berg, Mark yeah. Wahlberg. I don't know. Like, is this is this worse than Mark Wahlberg playing the one of the characters in a Peter Berg movie? Uh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, uh, it's close. <laughs> yeah, hard to say. It's a bit of a pickem there. Yeah, I just hope we never run out of actors that have to do like a three day boot camp and then are convinced that they're like tier one operators. <laughs> oh, did you see this the is, like, uh, my favorite? Like... Did, did you see the the Tom Cruise thing this week? No, he spent a, a year learning to fly a helicopter for, so he could like do a stunt in Mission Impossible twenty seven or whatever. Nice for Zenu. Yeah. yeah, it's like dude, good for him. Chill out, Tom Cruise. Hey, you know, he's living his his life to the fullest. He's yeah. living his best life. Yeah. Um, other email. Hey, fraught folks. I just wanted to thank Matt for that Jaiman Hansu impression a while back. <laughs> no problem, dude. <laughs> Where is the diamond? <laughs> I was about to ask what the context was, and now I remember. You crazy. You crazy. <laughs> I know your name, Solomon Bundy. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> Out here is Bling Bang. <laughs> T-I-A-A. This is Africa. It's a great movie. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up. All right. Unless you guys yeah. got any more hot hashtag content burning a hole in your chest. No, nah, man. I feel, I feel like we did a great job. I feel like uh, I earned back my, my Patreon token. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as uh, Brendan admitted that he also didn't see the movies, I think we're good, dude. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. All right, well, Dave. Dave. Hey. Yeah, hey, hey, it was fun. You guys, you guys are hilarious, man. Always good to come on. Thanks. Anything Hell you want? Yeah. Uh, anything you want to plug? I got nothing. I got nothing going on. Oh wait, there, I got wait. Nothing going. I actually. What? Oh, you wouldn't let me ask you about the the editor that you you get you beefed with last time. The editor I beefed with. Yeah, there was like some Twitter thing where you accidentally ripped on one of your editor or one of the owners of a company that oh, you freelance for yeah. that you didn't know that you that that he owned it. Yeah, I'm stupid. I'm I'm a pretty dumb, I'm a pretty dumb guy. Well, yeah, it was the it was the it was like that ESPN public editor guy was was basically being like yeah you know what you can say it, it was it was the jamel it was the jamel hill thing mm-hmm. the first one not the one she got suspended for and you know i just saw this dumbass and i just felt like making jokes at this guy's expense and then like three days later i get an email from my editor and he's just like yeah you know that guy actually runs the entire organization here right <laughs> I like oh, fuck. i was like i was like i was like no i didn't know that <laughs> that had to be a so. nut punch of, it, of an email yeah, it was it was fine. It was fine because like I really wasn't doing too much for that site anyway, and and like it it, it I, like the thing that sucked about it was I couldn't even be like yeah I took a noble stand against my boss because <laughs> it, it, it was it an sucked. accident. It was a total accident, and I, I was I, I always wanted to make that clear because then like Dead Spin emailed me and they were like did you know and I was just like no I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. 
I was just being an idiot on Twitter. I mean, can you take a, 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 a retroactive stand where you're like, well, yeah, obviously he said a stupid thing and I made fun of it. I probably wouldn't have made fun of it if I knew that, uh, you know, he was my boss in some way. But it was, I, I still think it was a stupid thing. And yeah, know. like, but, but like, like, like part of me is like, I think if I knew, I still probably would have done it. But I can't say for sure. Like, I don't know. I'm a coward. I probably wouldn't have done it. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a weak person. But me too, dude. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I never want to make myself seem better than I am because I'm really not. I just am like, uh, I don't want any trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Jackie Chan in in, uh, in Rush Hour. <laughs> sure. I don't. I don't want any trouble. You know, but, but I can't do. I probably shouldn't do the accent. See, I'm in trouble. All right. Well. All right, Dave. Where can our wait, wait, you guys, oh. you guys? I just want to point out that uh, I've finished an entire bottle of wine while we were while we were hanging out. So, uh, are, are you okay? Yeah, What's I'm wrong? good. No, it's great. It was good wine. It was just I just kept drinking it. That's why the takes were so fruit forward. That's, that's right. Yeah. Uh, wow, that was like an hour. That was like an hour and twenty minutes in the whole bottle, huh? Wow. Well, I mean, I still got like half a glass left. Are uh, you sad or something? <laughs> No, it was just I was waiting for Brendan to get here, and then uh, and then I was just having a good time with you guys. You can just drink wine and like you're having a good time, and then you drink more wine, and it's just it goes good with a good time, is all. All right, well, call me if you need anything. This has been a live read for wine. This been a Patreon.com/slash/frockcast. Donate if you like wine or if you think I need to get some help. Uh, Dave, where should our listeners find you online? Um, I guess do you care? Uh, I do some <laughs> stuff over at Vice Sports. I do some stuff over at The Athletic. You got the Twitter, which is Dave Lozo, which is my name. It's pretty clever. It's a pretty clever Twitter. Twitter yeah, yeah, real, real smart what you did there. It's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, I, I write for a living. That's how clever I am. So, yeah, that's, that's those are pretty much the spots. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh you can always email us, frockcast at gmail.com. Vince, what is Google Voice number? Uh, 415-275-0030. You guys need to get some voicemails in. We, we've been light on voicemails the last few months, so get those in. That's right. Unless they're bad. If they're bad, don't bother. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, thanks for listening, and until next week, good night and good chins. Yeah. Yeah.